Paul I is a missionary that we support. Paul I is just one of the most unique, for me, is just a unique individual. He's a, I, I always think about Paul I being as close to the Apostle Paul as anybody I've ever known. Um, he travels to Indonesia, Malaysia, Vietnam, South Korea. He said he's been into North Korea. He's been into China. And he goes about four or five, six times a year. And Paul's one of the missionaries we support. While we were visiting, there was another pastor there, and they said, well, how hard is it to share with the Muslims? And Paul I said, well, it's very simple. It's very simple. He said uh, a lot of the ones he shares with are those who are refugees who have come out of Muslim countries. But he said, once you tell them that Jesus gives them freedom, he says it's very simple because they live in bondage. He says they're in complete bondage to their religion. He says they're in bondage to everything. They have controls off all kinds over them. And he said, once they understand the freedom in Christ and what he has done for them, he said it's really very simple, which, you know, my understanding always was it's hard to share with Muslims. But, you know, it's interesting to hear his. Oh, no, he says it's very easy, very easy. So um, it's just good to hear. It was good to hear what he shared. You know, I asked him about South or North Korea. And he said, well, it was no surprise to the Christians who have been praying for years. And he said the only question they had is why it took so long. What, you know, what's starting to happen. So, you know, we, we, don't, we don't always think about it. You know, we always think about it from our perspective. But, you know, there's Christians in those countries praying for God to move and to give them freedom. And so for them, it's like, well, God is finally answering our prayer. And so, you know, it's not, it's, you know, it, and, you know, America could be part of that whole process. I'm not saying God couldn't use us, but there's a bigger force than America behind it. You know, so. Um, I want to read from Matthew, the 14th chapter, uh, a story um, starting at the 22nd verse. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening had come, he he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, Well, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. You know, this is uh, just a very interesting story. You know, Jesus, you know, he tells his disciples, he almost, it's almost like, he commanded them, get in the boat and go to the other side. And when they get in the boat and go to the other side, Jesus, he goes up on a mountain to pray. And I, I kind of in my own mind kind of thought about the picture. You know, they get in a boat. And they start going across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus goes up on a mountain. I don't know how, you know, it's kind of like they went one direction. He went another. He's up on a mountain praying. The disciples get into the middle of the sea. And all of a sudden, there's a severe storm that comes up. Severe storm comes up. 
And I, you know, in my mind, and you know, you got to forgive me for this, but I'm wondering, wow, how did Jesus get from that mountain out to the middle of the sea so fast? Well, obviously, it was no problem. I mean, I don't know how he got there, whether he was just, he just was transformed there, or whether he just, you know, walked on the water all the way out to the middle of the sea, you know, whatever. You know, Jesus got to the middle of the sea. And the disciples saw him coming, and they didn't know it was him. They thought it was a ghost. So they're afraid. And Jesus right away says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And Peter says, well, Lord, if it's you, he's still not sure. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Tell me to come. And so Jesus, come on, come on. So Peter gets out of the boat, and he walks on the water to Jesus. Now, you know, most of us would think, wow, walking on water, that'd be really cool. You know, I suppose it would be. I don't know. I suppose it would be. Number one, the first thought is, only to walk on water, first you've got to get out of the boat. You can't walk on water unless you get out of the boat. Number two, when the waves got strong, Peter got scared. He got scared, and he said, Lord, save me. Jesus reached out, took him by the hand, and said, come with me. And, oh, you have a little faith. Kind of, he kind of scolded him, showed him, hey, you know, Peter, you know, you've got little faith. You know, wow, how would you like to get scolded for getting out of a boat in the middle of a storm? <laughs> you know, but, but he's saying, Peter, you shouldn't have doubted. You shouldn't have doubted. I say, well, at least Peter got out of the boat. You know, man, I give you some credit for getting out of the boat. You know, but uh, as you think about this story, I just want to think about a few aspects. You know, the boat. You know, to me, the boat is a picture of a place of safety, a place of comfort. A place where everybody else was. You know, all 12 of them, they were there together in a boat. You know, it's kind of like you want to be with, you want to be where everybody else is a lot of times. You know, I want to make sure maybe it's okay because if everybody's doing it, it must be okay. And so Peter was in that place. You know, it's kind of a picture of our everyday lives. You know, don't we all kind of want, don't we all try to get our lives to where they're all kind of comfortable? You know, we work hard at physically getting our lives comfortable. You know, we have, my daughter was saying last night, wow, Dad, remember we didn't have air conditioning in the house? Then she said, how did we survive? How, how, did, how did you do without air conditioning? Well, number one, you were used to it. Number two, you opened the windows. And you waited for an evening breeze before you probably went to sleep. I remember my dad telling me one time it was so hot, they slept on a, in the yard by a ditch because the air would kind of come up out of that ditch. He says, as it came up out of the ditch, it'd give you a little breeze as it went over you. <laughs> now we just turn the air conditioner up. You know, it's like, wow, what a, that's not even a thought. But, you know, we want our lives to be comfortable. We want our lives to be where everything's kind of acceptable. We want to be in a place where we feel like we're doing the right thing because sometimes because everybody else is doing it. You know, if we're all doing the same thing, we all must be okay. <laughs> Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You know, we can be in that place, but it might not be where Jesus wants us. Romans, Romans, the 12th chapter, the second verse says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to what everybody else is doing. 
you may need to get out of the boat. Just because you're in the boat doesn't mean it's the right place. Just because you're where you think you ought to be doesn't necessarily make it the right place. And just because everybody else is doing it, as a matter of fact, you need to be careful of if you're doing it and everybody else is doing it. Maybe you really need to consider, wow, is this really what God wants me to do? In 1 John, 1 John the 4th chapter, or 1 John the 2nd chapter, the uh, 15th verse. Jesus, it says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. You know, it says, the, those things that we want, those things that we think we have to have, those things we think, you know, I just got to have this. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's not of God. So if everybody else is doing if everybody else has one, and I think I have to have one, maybe I need to get out of that boat. Maybe I need to be separated. Maybe sometimes it's, it's necessary to be separated from what everybody else is doing. But sometimes it's hard to do that. Sometimes it's hard to take that step, to take that step to get out of the boat, to leave that place of comfort, security, that place we think that everything's okay. And what happens a lot of times if we get in those places where we think everything's okay, oh, life is so good, I got it so good, it's all peaceful, it's all good, what happens? Storms come. Isn't that, isn't that something how storms come? Storms come in the midst of that. That's what happened to those disciples. You know, they were probably just having a nice time rowing across the Sea of Galilee. You know, I don't know exactly what they were doing. You know, maybe they fished a little. Maybe they were just, you know, easing their way across. But it says that a storm arose and it was contrary. I, I kind of I thought, wow, a contrary storm. Wow. You know. The waves got big. And you know, it's kind of like us. We want to stay where it is, comfortable, until the storm comes. Until the storm comes. Then what do you do? What do you do when the storm comes? Where do we look for help? The disciples, they were afraid. Sometimes when storms come, we look for help from our family, friends, Doctors, medicine. Now we have the internet has all the answers. You know, just Google it. Just Google it. Find out how to deal with a storm. You know, it's, it's interesting when you think about it. When, you, when you're in that boat and everything's calm and then a storm hits, where do you look for your help? Where do you look for your help? I think that tells us something. Tells us something about ourselves. You know, where do I look for help? I'm not saying that help's not going to come in various ways. I'm not saying it's not going to come in any form that God would want to send it. That's to me, is not the issue. The issue is where do I look? Where do I look? Psalms 121 says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. 
Where does my help come from? See, that's the question. Where does my help come from? It says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Where does my help come from? Where do I look? Where do I look? Beyond myself, beyond sometimes other people, beyond things that are secure. I have to look. Where do I look? Well, my help comes from the Lord. Which one? The one that made the heaven and the earth. The one that made the heaven and earth. And you know, storms are going to come. I think that's a given. If you haven't lived long enough to see a storm, just wait. I don't want to I don't want to discourage you, but just wait. They will come. They will come. And I also believe that sometimes and not always, but sometimes God will even put us in a place where there's a storm. Possibly God can't get us out of the boat if there's not a storm. Possibly we like comfort so much. We like, we like to be where it's convenient and comfortable and acceptable so much that I don't want to get out of the boat. So God has to send a storm to get me to move, to get me out of that. People react differently to the storms. Some people get angry when storms come. Some people get mad at God when storms come. I don't know that any of us like storms. I don't know that I, you know, sit around in my peaceful boat and say, boy, I wish God would send a big storm. It's getting awful comfortable here. I've never said that. (laughs) I've never even thought that. You know, so I don't know that we're looking for storms. But I think when storms come, our reaction becomes very important. Where do we go? You know, do we, are we willing to get out of the boat and go towards Jesus? Are we willing to seek him? Another aspect of being in the boat is, you know, getting out of the boat and walking on water challenges our faith. And it gets us into action instead of just watching. The disciples, they probably by nature would have stayed in the boat and tried to weather the storm somehow. You know, Peter ended up getting out of the boat and going towards Jesus. He put his faith into action. I'm not sure how much faith it takes to stay in the boat. Probably it takes some. I mean, you could say, well, it takes some faith. Some faith. But in life, when you think about the boat being a place of security and comfort and staying there, all of a sudden, we may not be exercising any faith at all. We might be just doing what we're comfortable with, what I can handle. You know, I don't want, I don't want Jesus to tell me to get out of the boat because I don't know what's going to happen if I get out of the boat. I don't know what's going to happen if I do something beyond even my capability or beyond what I'm comfortable with. I would rather just stay on the boat. In James, it talks about faith a lot. It talks about works. And in James 2.17, James 2.17 says, Thus also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. Faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. 
it tends to lead me to believe if I just stay in the boat and I have no action, that just staying in the boat is not faith. That I have to, at some point, exercise this faith. That I need to get out of the boat, do what it is God wants me to do, take a step, Take a step into maybe the unknown sometimes. Take a step to do something I'm not always comfortable with. Something that I can't always handle. Franklin Graham, I've said this many times, but it's worth repeating. Franklin Graham said, if you can do it, it's not faith. I've thought about that. I thought, if I can do it, it's not faith. How many times do I do things that I can't do? In other words, I do things that I think I can do. Okay, here's something. I think I can do that. He says, that's not faith. Faith is when you do something you can't do. It takes faith. I have to trust God. I have to get beyond my capabilities, beyond my comfort zone. I have to get out of my boat. I have to get out of the boat. I have to exercise faith. You know, when you get out of the boat, it causes us to trust Jesus during hard times. Hard times. When the storms come. When the storms come, I I have to trust him. That's the test. I see that a lot of times, and it's just not young people, but I see a lot of times with young people. You know, they, they live in the security of their home. They live in the security, especially the ones that that grew up in the church. They live in the security of the church. They live in that comfort boat. You know, everything's calm. And then you watch them and all of a sudden they get to the point where they have to step out. They get a job. They go to college. And now what happens? Now they're out of that comfort boat. And what happens? Now they're going to have to exercise their faith. I believe it's not faith until it's your faith. You know, it's easy to have faith when you stay in the boat and and everything's comfortable. You know, when you get out there and you have to exercise your faith. And they find out what they really believe. They will be challenged in what they believe. What do you really believe? You know, I mean, with with raising children, we we bring them up in in the faith. We teach them. We train them. They're in our homes, you know, but it's not tested until they get out of that comfort boat. And then they find out what their faith is. What's their faith when the storm hits? What is it that they choose to do? Trusting Jesus, getting out of the boat means I get out when nobody else gets out. When nobody else around me, nobody else wants to see any reason to get out. You know, I don't know what the other disciples said when Peter got out of the boat. You know, what do you think about it? You know, I don't know. They're sitting there going. <laughs> they, somebody had to say, what are you thinking? I don't know if they thought it. They definitely go, what are you thinking, Peter? What are you doing getting out of the boat? One, a couple things happened. If I'm in the boat, I hate it when somebody gets out of the boat. You know what? That, that, that Number one, 
You know, I tell them, okay, you're going to get in big trouble. You know, that's the first thing I tell them. But Peter walked on the water. He got out and started walking. Now what are you going to say? Oh, why didn't I get out? Wow, Peter had faith. Wow. You know, a lot of times we don't want nobody to get out of the boat because if they get out of the boat and exercise faith, that kind of means maybe I should get out of the boat. You know? And not necessarily follow somebody in what they're doing, but find out what it is God wants you to do, where he wants you to step out. What it is he wants you to do in your situation. To step out in faith and trust him. Trust him when all the world thinks you're crazy. It's bad enough when the, you know, the world thinks you're crazy. Once in a while, the church thinks you're crazy. But, you know, to be willing to step out. To be willing sometimes maybe to share my faith. You know, to be willing to, sometimes stepping out of the boat means just being willing to talk about who Jesus is to me. Being willing to tell somebody. To share my faith. You know, sometimes we can get pretty comfortable. We can get pretty comfortable. I think sometimes the church gets comfortable because what we do is we hire people to share their faith. The preacher, he's supposed to share his faith. We hire missionaries. We support missionaries. They share their faith. So we have key people that share their faith. You know, I believe the Bible clearly says that as disciples and followers of Christ, we all must go. So we all have to get out of the boat. And sometimes that's scary for some. Sometimes it's hard to get out and help somebody. Sometimes it's, it's not easy to help somebody, to reach out to them. Sometimes maybe I reach out and sometimes things happen when you reach out. You know, I'm not saying when you get out of the boat, it's always easy. It wasn't easy for Peter. He got out of the boat. What did he say? Oh, my, this looks bad. Don't be surprised if you get out of the boat that things could get worse. That storms could pick up. I'm almost convinced you probably will be challenged in your faith at some point if you get out of the boat. At some point, you'll be challenged to see if you really believe it. You know, to see if you really believe it. The good news is Jesus was there and reached out and he grabbed Peter. He grabbed him. But you know, you can't walk on the water and you can't get help if you don't get out of the boat. Walking on water always sounds neat. Oh yeah, I'd like to walk on water. Like I say, that's not the issue. The issue is getting your foot over the side of the boat. That's the issue. That's the issue. That's the hard part. The Bible says you can't say I have faith and do nothing. Do nothing. I believe we should always think about starting small. You know, I don't believe God's going to call me out of a boat to do what Paul I does. You know, I you know I don't have any I don't have, I don't have any comprehension of what he does. I I'm amazed at what he does. I'm excited for what he does, but. I don't believe God's going to... God's going to call you to get out of the boat where you are. And it's going to be in small things a lot of times. 
It's going to be in helping someone, reaching out to somebody, listening. You know, I, I, believe, I believe reaching out to children is so important. You know, and I, I can't say it enough. You know, VBS is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. I see it as an opportunity to reach out to children. To reach out to children. So we start where we are. But if nothing else, start. You know, if you think so big and you think, well, I can't do that, then you're thinking, you're thinking too. You've got to think where you are and you've got to be willing to step out where you are in whatever it is God would want you to do. And when the waves come, don't quit. Don't quit. The Bible says don't get weary in doing good. I think it says that for a real reason. Because I think when you get out of the boat, when you start extending yourself beyond your capabilities, you start trusting God, you start doing what God wants you to do, I think there's a point where weariness can set in. And not only weariness, but you can get tired. And sometimes you can get tired. Sometimes people get tired of people who don't respond. If you've ever reached out to somebody and kept reaching out and they didn't respond, you can get weary. But I want to tell you a little story. Um, probably, well, I don't know, at least 25 years ago, when we started reaching out, um, we went to a, mainly the trailer park on Route 6. And when we reached out, there was a family there, and there was a grandmother, kids, grandkids. And we reached out to them and, and really developed a good relationship with them over the years. This has been you know, over 25 years. And there was one part of this family who, you know, they sent their kids to church, but they never, they never came. But, you know, we would reach out to them, and sometimes I've done funerals for them. I married them. I married them. And, you know, just did various things involved with the family. The other day I was, well, was Jonathan was letting me off of the house. He didn't know that. He let me off of the house the other day. We went and got chairs for Derek's uh, Trinity's graduation party. And as Jonathan, the car come down the road, so Jonathan drove off and his car came by and stopped. And I thought, hmm. And this man and woman were in the front seat of the car and, well, I knew them. They were part of this family. Hey, how you doing, you know? Well, I've been really sick. You know, I've got congestive heart failure. I don't know. You know, it's pretty rough. And my mom died from it, so, you know, kind of concerned. And I said, I don't know if I said or they I don't know who said it first, but they said, we've been thinking about coming to church. And so we talked a little bit, and I invited them. You know, they're not here today, or I wouldn't probably tell the story. But, you know, what I'm saying is 25 years 25 years. It doesn't always happen overnight. If you get weary in doing good, you'll probably miss it sometimes because sometimes it takes a while. But I'll tell you, I was excited. I mean, that, that's like, oh my. All of a sudden now, it's worth it all. It's like, wow, they might come. That's why I always share 
you know, it's so important when new people arrive that we make them welcome, we reach out to them because, folks, sometimes it's 25 years in the making when they get here. I hope they feel welcome. I hope they're glad they came. And I don't know when somebody might walk through the door that it's been 25 years in the making. And so we have to be very sensitive to that because we can get so comfortable that we miss them. Or maybe we go home for lunch and say, oh, yeah, I saw somebody new here. I wonder, oh, I don't know, you know. And so we have, to, we have to be sensitive to that because you never know. So, so if you start reaching out, don't think you're going to get, you know, I hope you get instant results. I, th- I hope it happens right away, but i just telling you, it doesn't always happen right away. And I'm telling you, sometimes in the process, people cannot be so nice. People cannot be nice. Don't give up on them. They might be just having a bad day. Don't give up on them. Because that's what we tend to do. You know, if we share with somebody and they aren't nice to us, we feel rejected. And so then I feel like, well, I'm not going to risk that again because they weren't nice to me, so they must never want me to ever, ever talk to them the rest of my life. You know? Now, if you do it, I did it one time, three, three or four times, and finally the person said, quit bothering me. Well, then I quit bothering them. <laughs> you know, somebody said, you know, they, they came to church. I reached out to them. They kept saying, well, we'll see another time. We'll see another time. And I kept calling them like I promised I would do. Well, I'll check with you. I kept checking until they finally said, would you quit bothering me? I didn't bother anymore. I did. I quit, you know. I'm not saying we should be pests, but you know, I kept, I was persistent. And I kept, kept checking with them. But if everybody got out of the boat when God said get out of the boat, if everybody did their part, I believe that's all that God wants. Just do our part. Everybody has a part. Everybody has a part. But you have to be willing to take the step. You have to be willing to take that first step and get out of the boat. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just pray, Lord, you just encourage us to to know that we can trust you. That we can trust you that when things come or opportunities come, that we can uh, take that step out of the boat, out of our comfort zone, that, Lord, you're there with us. You'll be there with us. Lord, help us to be willing to put our faith into action. That, Lord, we would be willing to reach out and do what you ask us to do. And, Lord, we just thank you that if everybody does that, that your kingdom goes forward. Your kingdom goes forward. So, Lord, we just pray you'd encourage us. Help us to trust you and to have faith in you, to know that you're always there to be with us. Lord, I just pray that if anyone has a need for prayer this morning, that, Lord, you would encourage them to come up and uh, let Jeff and Jenny pray with them this morning. Lord, or, or have them just ask someone around them to pray. Lord, we just thank you for your presence with us. And, Lord, just be with us. Help us to look for opportunities that we might serve you and serve those around us this week. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.